Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. It's Room 104. Evening, it's Cormac and Saoirse here. Now, joining us on the line next is somebody who's got an incredibly fascinating story. He was a convicted criminal at one stage, has completely transformed and reformed his life now. He's gone from behind bars to being an incredibly successful entrepreneur, a very well-respected, best-selling author, and there's potentially talk of people doing a movie on his life, which we might talk about a little bit later on, but having been born and raised in Belfast, and I think he's now an international globetrotter in many ways, to share his unbelievably fascinating story with us this evening. Uh, Stephen Gillen, thanks a million for popping on the show. My pleasure, Cormac Social, really. You know, as I said to you earlier, you know, I really, you know, I really do see Ireland as home, even still now. You know, after all the years I've, you know, I've, you know, and I go back still, of course, when I can. Absolutely love Belfast. But can you take us back and tell us how your life began, really? Uh, I was actually born here, but I was taken over to Belfast as a, as a, as a young baby. I mean, I'm talking six months old. And um, because my family come from there, of course, this was the old days of the uh, 71, you know, you know, when the war was really hitting up there and there was a lot of trouble. So I was right, uh, right in the centre of that, you know, and I stayed there till I was nine, you know, till I come back to uh, England and uh, East London. But the people, you know, you know, the people, you know, was the sort of the earth, you know, I, you know, I had magical times there, even, even amongst the craziness, you know, the guns and the bombs, Sasha. So, in those few years, I know there was some, I think, experiences, you, you said, experiences as a young child that probably set you up in some ways to lead the first part of your life or knock you into some of the, let's say, antisocial or criminal behaviour. Was there anything in particular looking back on your young life now that you can see kind of going, yeah, if anyone was in that situation, there's a strong chance of them going down a particular path? Well, I have to say, listeners would know as well, you know, some of what it was like in them days. But it really was, you know, a very, you know, a very tough, violent, violent time. Unfortunately, in Ireland's in Ireland's history, you know, that, um, every war is ugly, you know, and that one certainly was. You know, I mean, I see people murdered in front of me even then at a young age. You know, and looking back when I when I moved to East London, that was a very fast place. But, you know, it wasn't a patch on Belfast, you know, you know, you know, to be honest with you, you know, really. So I was, a, you know, in some ways a lot more kind of advanced and that kind of traumas and the madness, if you want to call it, you know, than even East London was at that time. Although that had a different kind of a different kind of dynamic going on. So it already started to shape me a little bit because of my experiences there. Yeah, I was like reading about when you were eight, seeing someone murdered. I mean, that was shocking in itself. Oh, so I said, 
that was that was terrible, you know. And the thing about that, you know, I mean, I was seven there, you know. And if you think about a seven-year-old child, I have three children. It's it's um, you know, it's not something you would want anyone to see, right? You know, but a little child of that age, it's going to have a real effect. Yeah, I didn't speak of this well into eight years ago, really. You know, so a lot of these things I kind of kept with me. But um, yeah, that was very memorable, you know, as a child, you know, to have to. see that and go through that. When, can you remember when um, maybe some of the kind of criminal behaviour that you were involved in started and how did it progress to, you know, the, the, some of the, the convictions and lining, winding you behind bars? I think when I come to this country, uh, to be honest with you, England is where the anger started, right? You know, and I kind of went from bad to worse, you know, really meteorically, uh, Cormac, like I said, I was shaped a bit different. I was a bit different. You know, I had to kind of prove myself a lot more. And I was, you know, my character, my nature was then to always come forward and do more and be more. So, um, you know, I kind of, you know, I was in and out of children's homes. There was more trauma there but I was always a fighter I always fought against um everything right you know and I you know I was very alone with that you know and that went on you know and that that was that was kind of a central kind of theme you know you know to it you know I had to find my own way I had to had to work out how to how to survive you know and create my own family which was not healthy and so I went from silly things you know right the way through to the serious crime really really Really, really quickly. And what age were you when you got into that? I think I was always kind of in trouble, Sasha, for stupid things when I first came here. I remember that because I was different. So I was kind of always in trouble in a kind of a way. But then I, you know, when I went into the homes, I mean, I was 12, I was 13, I was like a crime wave then, but it was stupid things, you know? Um, what, what, were the, what were the stupid things, for example? Well, I'd be taking cars, you know, and silly thefts and criminal damage and stupid things really you know it was more of a cry for help and I was out by myself really now looking back because there was no rhyme or reason to it there was you know I was just a child so it was you know it was that kind of a thing and then obviously you got a bit older you got into kind of more serious crimes so tell us about that well you kind of you see this this dynamic of belonging for human beings you know you know is paramount to all of us you know whether we whether we whether we like that or not you know we want to belong so where I was I was by myself feral in a way and had to had to survive through so much traumas you pick your own groups that's round of you you know that's round mm-hmm. you then you know that you can relate to at least you know so you can survive so a lot of the choices I had they wasn't good for me Sasha you know and I always had to be the leader of the gang right so that wasn't good ultimately it says you know you were you're sentenced to 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 17 years for armed robbery um and then like how do you go from that because so many people I imagine just continue on the path that they're on would, would wind up behind bars and would maybe continue reoffending once they're out. But you obviously have completely transformed and changed your life. Can you remember the moment when you were like, I best do something about this? I think there are many times, Cormac. I mean, even now, um, you know, I interview a lot of, you know, a lot of the top mobsters in the States, big names, you know, from all around the world, you know, mafia. These are the real, you know, uh, blood oath people. Human beings are human beings, really. You know, mm. some see through this life, you know, a lot earlier, this criminal life, you know, that that binds, you know, all the associations and the thinking patterns behind it. You know, there are many reasons for it, you know, but I think, you know, on a personal level for me, you know, I certainly come to 
uh, a stage where I couldn't hurt anyone anymore. I just couldn't do that, you know, and I couldn't start feeling so bad about myself where everyone was telling me how bad I was, you know, and how much better they was than me when really I knew that they wasn't, right? You know, but we are the architects of our own our own journey, as it were, you know, so things had to change. So there was, you know, there was a kind of epiphany or a line, if you want to call it that. And obviously you would have known that you're going to get caught eventually and jail would be the end for you, basically. But while you were in there, did you learn anything while you were in there? I'm sure you were around other mobsters. I learned many things in there. I mean, I was I was a CAA. I mean, I mean even with the CAAs, I was in special units, high, high security units. So it's a different kind of a prisoner, not really in the general population, as it were, that has to be said. So there was a lot of solitary, you know, a lot of security around all the time, which gave me, you know, a lot of time to go inwards, you know, and start writing and start studying, you know, and start learning about histories and all. I mean, I know Ireland's history, back to front, really, you know, really, you know, I read it all in there, all of this stuff and went on to do other stuff. But I think in there, it's a university of learning about human beings, really the best and worst of them, because you have to find strategies on how to survive and that was a real learning in there. I call it the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, but you have to find your way, right? It looks incredibly tough and, and, and mentally kind of nearly torturous, but is that you locked in a room on your own for like 23, 24 hours a day? And like, what does that do to someone's head? Well, you may get another little bit here and there. If you was going to the shower, you get a chance to get on the phone, but that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it's strange what happens to a human being. I mean, the science, you know, your mind, everything will start to deteriorate obviously and it does so you know it takes a real strong strong cookie to uh get over that you know and find ways to to circumvent that you know really obviously you would have had a lot of support in there do you know what i mean you have more kind of um of structure in your day but when you're let out after that long what did you do it must have been going through your head that if i just go back and i to the way i was that that might be the answer like it it takes a lot for you to totally go 180. That's a good question because a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, you know, you do all this cool stuff and how is it possible and, you know, and all that. And I get that, you know, I get that. When they're talking about you, it's kind of a, it's in the third person. But for me, sometimes I say, I say, look, you know, thanks for that. And I get that. Of course, it's the hard work and, you know, the focus and the discipline, you know, you know, and the partners and all this stuff, you know, the people in my life and all this stuff. But, you know, for me on a basic level, I think it was more remarkable, you know, that I was, you know, able to uh, untangle myself from that life and myself uh, in all in all intents and purposes. I had to change absolutely everything, right? You know, I had a lot of demons to exercise mm. and that doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's a process, but it's one foot instead of the other. And it's, you know, for me, certainly it was many times as absolutely doing, thinking, being the opposite of what I was before. What were some of the biggest challenges when you got out then for you trying to, as I said, keep going? You're, uh, you're institutionalised, of course, you know, and that's a very serious thing, you know, because we're talking about patterns, patterns of behaviour, you know, and you're carrying a lot of traumas anyway. And the truth of it is you don't know how to live with the outside. You, you know, you don't have any clue, you know, about normal life. Well, mm. You know, everything's changed, you know. you're So it takes, it's a funny thing, you know, with a long sentence, it would take you a couple of years to get into it, Cormac, but it's the same on the other side. It would take you a couple of years rehabilitation you know to make that transition to some kind of normality in society and then where are you today then like what have you achieved 
I just, you know, I just keep going. Someone, someone said to me before, um, you know, how do you do it? You know, don't you stop sometimes and think? I say, well, uh, yeah, I do. But, you know, I'm always getting my gear and looking at the next man in big to climb. I mean, it's kind of like that, you know, and, you know, it's a layering, you know, kind of thing. Sometimes I do. I mean, I remember I was on RTE, right? I was on the right. This is going back, you know, and the, uh, the biographer of the Pope was on before me. So I had to stop when that happened. You know, after that interview, I did have to say to myself, you know, I mean, that's really something, you know. You know, there are uh, there are moments. I mean, I a few months ago, I signed a worldwide t- TV deal with Film Vault. You know, they're a worldwide distributor of, of, of content. So, you know, I've got my own TV channel now, which, you know, which will migrate across all the, all, all the major platforms from Netflix to Sony TV to Apple, Samsung TV. You know, we're talking nearly uh, just under a two billion audience. You know, I have a film, a film on my life that's uh, at advanced stage now. Of course, that was adapted from my, from my best-selling book, The Monkey Puzzle Tree. We're advanced with that now. We hope to start uh, shooting that next year. I've actually got another book, which I wrote, uh, Injustice, Love and Honor, which is with a literary agent. I'm in a rights auction, you know, in the US with that at the moment. That's ongoing. Behind that, my business is what we basically do is we build national and global brands. You know, we help businesses and um that's that's our central offering of what we do so i'm very busy you know but i like to be busy as they say it keeps me out of trouble so i said right <laughs> you know yeah, a hundred percent. You sound fairly busy. Any um, any any other insights into like casting? Do you know yet who might be in the movie? Are you allowed? Are you allowed to say as of yet? I really can't. You know, apart from to say, there's some very very interesting names in there. I mean, there's been big names banded about in the media. Yeah. I'm sure people had a look. They could have a look in there. But we're getting to a sensitive stage now, and they would um, you know, they'd hang me out to dry <laughs> if I was to you know, if I was to say too much, you know, you know. So I have to, you know, I have to respect. Um, the other people and not not say too much, but there are some interesting names. I can say there's some good Irish Irish actors that we're you know we're pretty much there with. Watch this space. How does it make you feel? Lastly, when you think that there's going to be a film made on your life, like you probably never would have thought that this could ever happen. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, Arsha. And um, when it comes, it's it's a strange thing when they're talking about you, like I say, you know, I mean, you'd start off a long way back with, you know, imposter syndrome, of course you would, you know, but I'm well, you know, I'm well ahead of that kind of thing now, I'm more, you know, moulded into I'm just... You know, I'm very focused on the work I want to do in the future, which is improve things, you know, and make things a lot better. I've got to be really honest with you. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, the business stuff, it's great. But but I, you know, I see a lot more than that, you know, and that's part of the journey for me. What I, you know, what I really want to do, you know, is step into my full light and, you know, the best way that I can, you know, and that is, yeah, it's about achieving things and doing all these wonderful things and finishing them. But it is, you know, about, trying to improve the things you know that I'm you know I'm really taking to I really I really believe in as a human being I would you know my ultimate goal is you know to be a person who can you know arrive at a place like that where I could really really do something that's meaningful I mean we do try all the time but I see so much more right you know perfect well uh, Stephen Gillen you're going to be seeing uh, his life story on the big screen sooner rather than later until then you can uh, pick up his book The Monkey Puzzle Tree from all the 
usual outlets where you can get your books um, and delve into his fascinating life story as well. But Stephen Gillen, it's been an absolute pleasure and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Oh, thanks, both. It's been an absolute pleasure for me too. And hi to, to everyone out there. You do wonderful stuff. Thank you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.